Tone. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome back to Pass It On Podcast with me, Connie, Steve and Chris. Steve, what have you got for us today? Right, today we're going to talk about something that happened when I was just a lad in 1943. The war. The war. During the war, things were getting short and you may have noticed that they they took away all your railings from outside your house. Did you notice that? No. But you you weren't paying attention. You do see that around... uh, Civic spaces in the UK, you'll see sort of long, low stone walls with little nubs of metal Indeed. dotted oh, along them. Is that what that's from, where they chopped it off? They chopped them all off during war Why? because they were going to take all the metal away and make it into uh, battleships. But oh. well, that's what they told us anyway. But I don't think that actually happened. They dumped all the steel. It was very good for morale, though. Right. So what was also good for morale was the Make, Do and Mend pamphlet which was put out by the government in 1943, and it was supposed to help the country survive the war, get through austerity, and everybody was going to be lean, mean, and socially aware. They didn't say that, though. Readers of the Sunday Post took that advice to heart and carried on in that vein for many, many years afterwards. So make, do, and mend was a a thing that Sunday Post readers loved. And again, it was another thing that the Sunday Post loved to pass on to its readers. Same as thrift. We, we love to be thrifty and we like people who don't waste stuff. So an awful lot of the tips in the Sunday Post Pass It On column were about um, how to repair things. Now, some of this is quite technical. Um, me, oh, well, being a, me, <laughs> me being a techni- technically minded man of the world, I'll understand all this. Okay. Possibly. Right. The first one. A cure for that rust on the basin. Enamel wash hand basins sometimes wear round the plug hole, then begin to rust. Remove as much of the rust as possible, apply China cement liberally, and allow to dry for 24 hours. Result is a smooth hard finish, which even boiling water won't remove. Mrs J.C. Mead, Sussex House, King Yusi, wins a pair of towels. Now, come on in, ask me, ask me. I've got nothing to add. Me neither. Nothing to ask. That seems like an eminently sensible yeah, solution. Um, Although I was I, wanting you to ask, what is China cement? I know what China cement is used to sell in the craft shop. Sorry. What craft shop? Oh, I remember one of Connie's many jobs she's had. Many jobs. Oh, of course, I yes. started a job, girl. Come on. Where have you been? Okay, so that didn't impress you then. No. Uh, wait, wait a second though. Well, I, I think it's a very smart thing. Obviously, utterly relevant today because we don't have enamel sinks. Yeah. What are sinks made yeah. of? There is actually a famous thing. Um, if you Google uh, repair sink with noodles. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I, I think it's fake. I think basically there's a jump cut involved, but you'll see pic- vid- uh, GIFs and videos of people with broken sinks and they take packets like of ramen noodles, noodles yeah, yeah, and crush them up and sort of shove them into the space and then them all down. shave them into, in, into uh, plane them and sand them into shape mm-hmm. and then cover it with a polyurethane coating or something. Yeah, and someone repaired their car bumper with them. I saw that. What are they? Noodles? I don't. What? Noodles, like super noodles, like pot noodles, but like, like more condensed. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like entirely a brick sh- of noodles. I'm not entirely sure if I. I don't know 
listener, you'll have to look up yourself and let us know yeah, on the Pass It On pod on Twitter if it's actually an actual thing or not. Because I think there might be, it might just be a series I of mean, fakes. You never know. You never know. Um, what are things made of now? Porcelain? Yes, largely. It's a sort of clay then blasted in the furnace to have a proper enamel type look. Uh, so they don't, like, they don't leak these days. Very, very good. <laughs> Steve there admitting that some things <laughs> in the modern world are good. Oh, good. Oh, well, wait a minute though. They do not make anything like such exciting noise if you bash them with a spoon. What? Whereas a, an old how cast did, iron how, how did the sink, noise go? Well, it was like kettle drums. It was wonderful. <laughs> you was, can imagine that, you know, the matrix of, you know, a, a Steve features that something has. Things. This one does not make a good noise when you hit it. <laughs> As a small boy growing up, the noises that things made when you hit them was very important to me. Anyway. Hit the button. You'll like this. Plaster wall. When repairing a plaster wall, dampen the cracks before patching. Do this with a child's water pistol. The water penetrates right into the crack and there is less mess than by any other method. Mrs. E. Mann, 115 Sunnyside Road, Aberdeen. So you mean they had water pistols in the 90s? Yes. <laughs> that's a bit Beano-ish, surely isn't that, it? Surely that's the heyday, that's the... 1950s was the, the natural habitat of yeah. made of plastic. See, that's why there's plastic in the oceans. So you're, it's your generation? <laughs> yeah. Throw away. <laughs> that's not fair. Throwing Throwing away away no, no. Well, as, as you can see, we I still have my water pistol. I've repaired it many times. It's a fine thing. <laughs> no, I don't. But if we could get back to the, the tip itself I rather listening. than. I you, just concentrated on what pistol. You weren't listening, Jean. <laughs> An affliction of the young, I oh, put yeah. it to pa- you. Plaster wall, okay, dampening. Plaster wall, dampening right. it with a water pistol. Now, not just a sponge. Something. No, no. Maybe you just need a, a greater... I think it's a, I think it's a good tip. I, it's I'm, a good I'm, tip. I'm going to give you this one because that idea of, you know, taking a small volume of water and applying it with pinpoint precision, <laughs> that's fair enough. I think that's a valid way of doing things. Were no. you aware, Steve, of the, the um, emoji gun controversy? Oh yeah, because they. Oh yeah. Was I aware of the emoji gun? No, are emojis? Is that Pikachu? On wee pictures. No. On on your phone. So you're sending a text, and you can send like a smiley or the bell. Right. Book reader. The book has been slammed to the floor. No, I know what you're talking about. Those little yellow faces. Yes. I have been told. There's many more than a yellow face. There's hundreds and hundreds. Wait a minute. I'm waiting until I climb up on my soapbox here. The world is. Failing because it's using things like emojis to communicate. Nonsense. It's, it's nonsense. nonsense. It's using things like emoji to enhance to and to give further demonstrate. The, you have the perfect enhancement tool at your at your fingertips. You have the English language, the most. No one's got time for that in the morning. <laughs> yes, but we True. can't. We can't go and communicate just with so emojis. So you're telling me you but don't send any emojis. Nobody's suggesting we only communicate with emojis, but what we are suggesting is we that stick you them in. should use them as, All right, a, okay, as okay, tell me, what, a what is a What is a smiley emoji for? Um, it can be for anything. Yeah. That's the thing. But and why, you, if you've not I phrased your comment... I passed my driving test. Emoji, emoji, emoji. Like that. But, but you can but smiley, smiley, smiley. Why, can, why would you need that? But you can use them in oh, different ways, though. You can use them as as ways of subverting what you've just said, or as making it ironic, or as clarifying intent. You know, in the English language, you only have full stop, exclamation mark, and question mark. That's actually a very constrained uh, set of mm. tools to demonstrate mm. tone. Whereas with emoji, you can you can you can add a, an extra level to that. 
different anyway, dynamic. What's we, your favourite emoji? No, no, wait. Emoji gun controversy. Oh, emoji yeah. gun controversy. What was that then? Did an emoji so of there a wa- gun? There was an emoji of a gun. And Apple uh-huh. changed that to be a water pistol. So it's the same code point. It's the same right. character in effect. Same letter you type in inverted commas. But it was a water pistol. Is that how you do it? At the same time, Microsoft did the opposite. They went from, and it was completely coincidental, there's no way that could have been planned, but the next mm-hmm. day I think Microsoft switched from, they had had a water pistol, to being a gun. This is where it's really interesting because if you have an iPhone and you type the gun emoji, you'd be typing a water pistol. If I had a Microsoft device, a Windows PC, mm-hmm. I would see an actual gun. And there's actually a different semantic intent in that. Yes. Different nuance, different take. It's the same thing with all emojis. It's always just a, a, a generic description of what this thing should show, and each platform renders it differently. Mm-hmm. So you can never be quite sure that you're putting exactly the same context across than the one you expected. Indeed, mm-hmm. which, whereas if you'd used the English language, you would have no problem getting your meaning across. Gun slash water pistol. Yes, because the English language is famously, utterly without possibility. Halt. The English of, language is a wonderful tool. Yeah. A oh, wonderful invention. Okay. It absolutely is, but you can you can you can It's mankind's greatest achievement actually, the English language. We have the most language, emotive, sure. meaningful language in, in the world. No. We've got a wider vocabulary than almost all other languages. God. Okay. And let's let this not be mistaken because I detest emojis. I absolutely will never use an emoji. If you send a message to me with an emoji in it, I don't understand it, right? Great. Don't do that. You'll not reply. We'll send you I won't reply. (laughs) Okay, I have another question. Chris, what's your favourite emoji? Oh, the eye-rolling emoji. Oh, yeah, I use that all the time. Or the drooling one. I couldn't live uh, and communicate effectively without the eye-rolling emoji. Yeah. Well, I won't ask you, Steve, because you're boring. No. My favourite one is is Pikachu. Move on. Strong repair. My polythene washing-up bowl was burned, causing a hole in the bottom. My grandson lit a candle and heated all round the hole, then pressed until the hole was completely sealed. Now I use it daily with no leakage. Mrs. M.J. Muir, <laughs> 16 West Annandale Street, Edinburgh. Right, are we going to talk about the word leakage or are we going to discuss this wonderfully clever... <laughs> Just made me giggle, sorry. <laughs> Cut that out. Reader, I put it to you. Sorry, listener. <laughs> or you may be a reader, who knows. I put it to you that I am giving these people absolute gems and they're just... Laughing smuttily. <laughs> I think it's a good tip. Interesting though, did, did they at the time? Because I can imagine um, people at, people at the time might be a bit, a bit, shall we say, Steve Finnan about things, <laughs> and say, "Oh, these modern plastics, you can't repair them like you could with hammering it into shape with metal." Might, might, they might be a bit snooty about it, but there we're showing that you can repair these. Things. Did you say yeah. polythene? Polyurethane. Oh, it does say polythene oh, here. Sorry. Polythene bags are just thin polythene. Sure. So we are talking about like a generic washing up basin here, then yeah. Yeah, basin's okay. just the terminology that they've a but bowl. I'm, so I'm just making bowl, sure I'm washing like up bowl. It would have been pretty, pretty, you know, exciting to have a plastic washing up bowl. Genuinely, yeah, yes. in, in the fifties, as plastics well, were, yeah, were coming that, in, it probably would have been quite a quite a move up. Yeah. Back out into the sea again. I think I'm right in saying that the first <laughs> the first plastics were developed as trying to deal with um, a shortage of ivory for billiard balls. And they developed a plastic, I think it was celluloid, in fact, of the thing film is made from, uh, or early film was made from. And mm. the, it was great, and it, it, it replicated the, the, the heft and the weight and the 
rolling <laughs> ability of billiard balls. Uh-huh. But there's one small flaw, and I hope I got my history right, is that when they struck each other, they could burst into flames. Which uh, lends a certain yeah. um, spiciness to really? billiards. Yeah. yeah. No, obviously not now, because they, they stopped making uh-huh. oh. <laughs> billiard balls. Well, I thought celluloid. Bakelite was the first plastic. I think, I think celluloid predated Bakelite, but Did Bakelite it? was certainly the first you know, mass oh, market right. one of Bakelite phones. And yes. There's a museum of Bakelite. Right, I'm completely like lost. Bakelite was a strange plastic. It was almost... Very brittle. Brittle, yeah. And it smelled and what did you very odd it? when burning. Mostly made you phones out of it. You don't burn plastic. That's... Not Why really not? good. It's bad for you. So I bet Steve's a wee boy. Was it was yeah, a bit of a pyro? Oh, I tell you, nothing better than a, a, bonfire. a bonfire down uh, the beach, and right. you light one of those plastic bags, and it goes whoop, 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 and drops down in flaming little bits of plastic. Yeah. I used to love that. I think raining, raining fire. Yeah, yeah. My um, dad's family's Irish, and we had a tradition as growing up of. On St. Patrick's Day, we'd go to a beach and set a fire and cook sausages um, for St. Patrick's Day. Good sausages. Uh, good sausages. Mm. Yes, yeah, not bad sausages. Mm-hmm. And have it with Paul, good Paul Jones rolls. What? The, the local bakery, oh. Paul Jones, right. um, was, was famous in Kirkubri and around uh, Castle Douglas, where I grew up. The um, <laughs> There was also, sorry, I know I'm tangenting on a tangent, forgive me. Shock. When my wife first went, with me to where I grew up, I wanted her to have a sausage roll from Corson's Bakery in Dalbiti near where I grew up. And she had one. She was like, well, that's fine, but why did you keep going on about Corson sausage rolls? It's just it's just a sausage roll. It's like, oh, no, but it's a really good sausage roll. She's like, I expect it to be some wild boar and cranberry or something. It's just, yeah. it's just a sausage roll. Oh, but it's a good sausage roll. I love a sausage roll. But don't you find that with with, if you, with local bakers in particular? Yes, you, having grown you get up in Dundee. You do get attached. You do, yeah. You, you Fisher and Donaldson by her appointment. No, well, no, I would go back to good Wallace's Pez, oh, which no. is wonderful. The bakery in Letham is uh. the best. You are, like, honestly... <laughs> It's open pretty much 24 Latham hours. You can go after the pub. Yeah, it does. Uh, they also have one in our broth. And honestly... What's it called? Kepte. But tell no, me, no. listeners, write to us at the Pass It On Pod on Twitter. I'm really curious to know if this sort of attachment to bakeries in particular mm-hmm. is a peculiarly Scottish thing. Or yeah. if it's just, you know, wherever you are in a small community, if there is a, a, a local baker, mm-hmm. do you have the same... Do you If you move away, do you... <laughs> I'm having a mouth-watering yeah, sort of Can we nostalgia get point. Well, Wallace has been pies. Oh, bean heaven! Pies. While Steve composes himself, we're just going to take a short break. Remember, you can get twenty percent off both Pass It On books if you use the discount code Vinegar at checkout at dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And here's your bonus ad break tip. To skin sausages quickly, run cold water over them before you start. Welcome back, listeners. I have sustained myself with a pie or two during the break. As you can tell from my... Fat belly. (laughs) Stout physique. Manly torso. I think we've discussed this before. Anyway, from one of my... Favourite subjects, pies. We're going to move on to one of my other favourite subjects, linoleum. I knew that was coming. I literally had that <laughs> word on my lips. <laughs> lino repair. To repair a hole in lino, fill with plastic wood, leave until hard, then smooth with sandpaper. Mrs M. Blance, 84 Braywick Road, Lyric. Plastic now, wood. Plastic wood. Kind of blows my mind a little bit. 
<laughs> I know what it is, and I've uh-huh. kind—I've not used it, but I've seen it being used, and I just kind of think, what is the point? Well, for repairing linoleum. Oh, yeah, and so many da- things. Gosh darn it! You know, what I think's really uh, significant about that one. You would be able to see a plastic wood repair in lino, yeah. and it would be obvious to anybody who came in, and that obviously didn't bother them. They—they they were more interested in showing that they had made a repair and done yeah. something useful to make do and repair and probably very quite proud of look how good a repair we've done that Johnny's done in the in Lino. Whereas nowadays I think people would walk into somebody else's house and see a repaired piece of linoleum or carpet and think, oh, these poor folks they yeah. can't afford new, yeah. new carpets. Interesting as well that the last tip, not the one you just read, but the one before that, it was her grandson yes. who had worked out the thing about how to fix the yep. plastic was obviously the the area of the young of the young yes this new stuff that's just come out but that is exciting you know in those days before you had plastic wood you've had to have trimmed out the lino you would have done and then replaced it with a a square or Mm. something else of 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 repair and folk did i believe have quite often stocks of lino like in their cupboards yeah bits of lino Uh, you never threw out the off cuts they were kept for uh, repairs and and such like it I was at school, certainly, and there was a linoleum floor which was madly patched in all sorts of different colours and bits of lino, different thicknesses, the whole shebang. And, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a resonance. Thought anything of that. that there is a resonance there, isn't there, with, the, with young people today, you young people today, and you, <laughs> there is a, a, a pride in a certain section of the youth in that kind of visible yes. patchworkery. Yeah. And repairedness. Yeah. Like patches on your jeans is not cool. It's not cool. Flips no. on your jeans is though. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, mm, it's kind of. I think it's kind of going out now. I don't have a ripped pair of jeans anymore. Oh, I am actually wearing. Do you remember a few episodes ago we talked about the jeans yes. that were repaired? I'm wearing a pair of jeans, and I'll put a picture on our Twitter account, the Pass It On Pod. Uh-huh. You see, this one's starting oh, to go there's again. There's a leg on the this table. This starting to go again. <laughs> yeah. But you can see the colour <laughs> match thread for the holes in the knees that they've, uh-huh. they've put in. A nice job, eh? I cool. do think that's a good job, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm back used to, to the pair of jeans. Well, so you didn't say that last time. Now you've changed your tune. Did I? I'm, did I? You, you can't expect it. me to remember what I say <laughs> from one week to the next. You thought hashtagging about jeans was not cool. Yes, those are the jeans. I don't know what could, hashtagging is. Those are the jeans that had a code where you could uh, share oh, yeah. the story yeah. of the, the jeans. story of your jeans. Oh, yeah, that's a bit weird. But repairing your jeans is fine. You know what? It was the 70s when punk came in that ripped things became... Edgy. Yeah, yeah. And fair enough. Ah, that was a big uh, change to... So was putting safety pins through your nose, though. Well, that was odd, too. too, But it was all intended to shock, and it worked. That's just sepsis. Um, (laughs) Sepsis does shock. Were you a modern rocker, Steve? I'm afraid I'd made my uh, musical choices before punk came along. I was a rocker. I was a (laughs) long-haired, heavy metal rocker. My brother brought home a Hawkwind album when I was... uh, Oh, about seven or eight years old, and I was mesmerised by Hawkwind, and still am. Can you sing a song? I don't know. Oh, a Hawkwind song? Yeah. No, it's kind uh, of difficult to sing Hawkwind oh, songs. I tell you what, fair. Steve, we can't possibly get the rights to play it in the podcast, so you're saved. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pity. Saves, what was your other tipple of music then? Like Black yeah. Sabbath. I love Black Sabbath. Yeah. See, I, I always think this is fascinating as well that you think. <laughs> Genuinely, uh, for all, take, a, take the piss, Steve. Um, I'm not suggesting you're actually old, but I do 
note that people of the older generation, people who are in their 70s and 80s, it's so easy for me, even in my late 30s, very late 30s, to write them off as being, uh, you know, beige and uh, bland and uh, safe. But of course, this was the generation that, yeah, that, yeah. that first broke society genuinely and, and it was a, the emergence of the teenager as a distinct identity mm. it was the emergence of a, an anti-establishment rhetoric and these were the people who were at Woodstock who yeah. were uh, who, who were, embodied that indeed, absolute anarchy they were rock and rollers teddy boys walking about in drain type trousers very aggressively modern rockers drain pipe trousers so what very straight skinny um, jeans skinny jeans they were, oh, yeah, right. okay. looked like drain pipes and but like, but uh, they were roundly complained about at the time, these terrible teenagers around the streets making the place look untidy. And Robbles they, and hooligans. They were, yeah. Uh-huh. And they, they invented youth culture. You, you've just got a diluted version of it oh, now. Be quiet. So is, is 70s rock, is that not like Deep Purple and Thin Lizzy? Yeah, I did love Deep yeah, Purple too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made in Japan, fantastic. I've referenced before in the podcast, but I couldn't find the quote, but I found it for this one. A quote from... Aristotle, which says, The children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not the servants of their households. And that was Aristotle. That was Aristotle. And when? Wow. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, yes, BC. 500 BC. So there was teenagers BC. Not as an an identity. There was no concept of a teenager. Before you just, you you, you stayed at home and then you went off and got married married and had a career and a life or whatever. But in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you start to get the emergence of the teenager as a, yeah. as a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, he says children there, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. But, but my, the point in, in that quote, of course, is that every generation thinks, thinks. the previous generation Indeed. is uh, degenerate and, yes. and rubbish and useless. But it, but if it could have happened before you know, 2,000, two and a half thousand years ago. I think it's worse now, though, because... I think that's the point it, of the quote. <laughs> <laughs> it can be but worse it, now. But um, fashions and... Um, Bad habits are circulated so widely, and bad English language usage but, but, but oh. so is, is circulated so widely. But so is um, hope and um, a vision for the future. All that innovation can, absolutely can circulate yeah. just as widely as can the bad stuff. It's just been a reactionary old sod. I I believe that that is my role in life. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> this well, one, this podcast, at least. I know. I think we've repaired enough today, so I think we'll leave it at that. Join us next time for more madness or possibly genius from the households of Scotland in the 1950s, and for more nonsense from us here in Scotland today. See you then. If you know anyone who enjoy this podcast as much as you do, we'd love it if you'd pass it on. Let them know they can subscribe for free in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever they get their podcasts, or you could leave us a wee review or rating on iTunes to help people discover Pass It On for themselves. And don't forget, as Steve said, as a listener to this podcast, you can get an exclusive 20% off the Pass It On books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code VINEGAR at checkout until 20th November 2019. Check the episode notes for details and terms.